everyone. Welcome to God's Internet Church Podcast, episode 121, on the book of Genesis, chapter number 4. But before we do that, we are going to... We are going to recap on chapter number three. But just give me a second here. Things are there. There we go. My some of my gadgetry here is not working right. But we're going to recap on this is a. On Genesis chapter 3 of our Bible study on Gen- the book of Genesis. Um, we just started with this new um, new platform on YouTube for it. So to catch chapter 1 through 3, visit Hub Hopper. Because we're also pre-taping right now on Hub Hopper. But we are live here on <clears throat> YouTube. Um, so I mean, we're going to be doing this more right from the pastor's desk. And by the way, I am your host, Pastor Ron Weaver, lead pastor of God's Internet Church Online Services. Uh, we do social media preaching. Hope to eventually switch over into social media preaching and church service preaching, but We've got to go through the steps that God wants us to go through. Now, last time, for the ones that are listening here on Hub Hopper, and hopefully you guys go back and listen to Genesis 1, 2, and 3, <clears throat> we were in the book of Genesis chapter number 3. And what we do here at God's and the Church Podcast we help a lost and dying world fight in Christ, but we also try to help current Christians with their struggling what the Bible can help with. And in chapter 3, we're going to find out that some of the stuff, something that Eve struggled with. Okay? Now, the, the first few verses, the first five verses dealt with Adam and Eve do an evil thing. Now, that evil thing was they ate up the forbidden, forbidden fruit tree that God told them they couldn't. Okay, and that forbidden fruit they had they had fruit trees all everywhere to eat. God only told them one. Okay, well, we also know that the devil. In the came interfered through the snake, or he was him. Doesn't really say clear, but we know the devil was behind it. Got Eve to eat the fruit to manipulate her, and she gave some to her husband. They all didn't accept responsibility. All three of them got punished. The snake was forced now to crawl on his belly, which told me that maybe at one time the snake had legs in God's creation. 
But because of what happened, the punishment came where he had now the crawl on the ground. And it said that the through the lady's people, which is her family or whatever, would bruise his head, which we know that Jesus did. Okay. Now, they were forced to leave the garden. Okay. Well, you know what? I'm sorry, we're on chapter 5. So, let me recap chapter 4. Now, for everybody who's listening, I don't know, people did get things together for me right here. Um, because of the result of sin being in the world in chapter 4, Cain and Abel was supposed to bring an offering to God. Okay, part of giving God the, the tenth of their thing. Now, does, has tithing started back then? No, but they did, in their own way, did start it, okay? But officially, it wasn't started. Well, Cain and Abel gave, the, gave of their, Cain was a, um, Gardener, he, you know, basically he farmer. He, he brought some stuff that to God. And Adam, Abel, brought the best of his livestock. He was like a shepherd. Okay? Or that time they, what they would call a shepherd. But the thing was, Abel came with true repentance if he did stuff on his heart. Okay? But Cain didn't. So God didn't accept Cain's offering and it got him mad, but he accepted his brother's Abel's. Okay. Well, it came into a thing where they they Cain killed his younger brother Abel. God confronted them. Of course, just like Adam and Eve, Try to play the blame game. Am I my brother's keeper? But lied about it. God punished him. But he said his punishment was too much more than he can bear. And people know who come and kill me. Well, he put a mark on Cain to protect him from being killed by people just for that. Then we found out one, then he went off. He married two women. And then he had kids. And one of his kids named Adam Leach was had the Cain kind of mood, Cain did, and he bragged to his wife that he killed somebody. And that he should be, if someone killed him, he should be, it should be double than what his dad did. Now, that's a sad situation. It just goes to show you when you let sin come into your life, it just don't affect you. It affects the family. It affects Adam and Eve's family by eating of the forbidden fruit. It, it 
um, gained sin to affect his family that made his son even more mean and evil than him. Because when sin festers and allowed to live, it gets worse. Okay? And that's one reason why God wants us to deal with our sins right away. And the other reason is, what if we don't wake up the next morning and find ourselves in hell? Because if you don't have your sins right with God, you will. Don't have forgiveness from God, ask Jesus into your heart, you won't be going to heaven, no matter how good you are. You need a right relationship with Christ. Now, we're going to look at chapter 5 now. And the title of this part of it is called Adam's Family. So I guess we're going to be looking at Adam's family. It might be one of these ones that going to be, we might be getting into chapter 6 today. I'm sorry that there was a screw up. So the people listening to the app, I know I said it was chapter 4. We will make the correction on that. But here, I'll try to edit the title. Right now, we're going to be studying chapter 5. Okay, on this live streaming podcast on YouTube. And pre-recording on Hubhopper. Now, if you got your Bibles, which I got them, got it here, you know, everything I need. I want you to open it up to the book of chapter Book of Genesis, chapter number 5, I'm going to start with verses 1 and 2, okay? And we're basically what we do, we go through so many of the verses, and then we talk about them step by step, okay? But right now, we need to pray, so we can ask God to guide us through. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask you right now, Lord, to put... 10,000 angels around this broadcast. Keep it safe. Let it come out what you want it to come out, Lord. We just ask you to anoint these slips of clay and touch them with the coal of heaven's altar and let be said and be done what you want here today, Lord. We ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, book of Genesis, chapter number 5, and we're going to look at verse 1 and 2 for this first section. Hallelujah. God is good, and he's good all the time. And having some equipment problems, but we're going to get through this, I promise. Hallelujah. I'm going to, my engineer, I'm looking, trying to see if they can figure out what the problem is. I keep losing um, my... Um, not my prompting stuff here, but my information that I need that's coming through. They're working on the problem. Hopefully it gets worked as we do. But if not, we'll deal with it as we go. So Genesis chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. And it says, These are Abraham's descendants. When God created man, he made man similar to God. He created them as man and women. He promised good things to them. He called them man when he created them. So here we have a little recap, I believe from Genesis chapter 2 and 3 of 
God creating Adam and Eve, okay? And he said that they were created similar to God. In the image of God, the Bible says, okay? So, we're like God. Now, we're not saying that we are God. I am not saying that because we are not God. We don't have heavenly powers, okay, like our God does. But it says we're in the image of God, okay? Now, you might be saying, how is that relevant? We all look different. Well, a lot of scholars believe many different things. Some believe that God looks like a four arm, I mean, the two arms, two legs person. Some believe that we're like made in his mindset of reasoning. But let me tell you something, saints. It doesn't mean we look exactly like God. It just means we might have a spirit like God that lives in us. Not saying we're God. Okay? I'm not going to paint myself into a corner then. It just says we are. We are similar. Similar to God. Okay? We're not God. We're not exact copy. But we're similar to God. That's the easiest way to say it. Now, and then it talked about verse 2, how God created Adam and Eve. Okay? And he called them good, even though they did sin. But God promised good things to them. Okay? And they got it. And the promise was good. Okay, when he created them, he called man, man, and then he had Adam named woman. Now, I know it was kind of a rough start there. Um, I want to try to discuss the similarities of God. Okay, Genesis described the two families, if first described the less important one. And after that, it described the most important one. So it describes the family of Adam's son Cain in Genesis 4, 17-22. And in this chapter, it describes the family Adam's other sons, Seth and Cain, <clears throat> was older than Seth. But Cain was less important because it was not the story. It was not, He was not sorry for his evil deeds. Okay? The chapter described God's work and man's work. God's work was to create man. Okay, Man's work was to increase. So as he fills the earth that God commanded. Okay. Now, basically, it was the opening of creation. Now, again, I'm not saying because we're in the image of God, we're God. No. I want to go with that on there right now. Because there was a little bit of confusion. My notes were acting up. Some Something came up from something different. 
when I was telling you. Now, let me tell you, I believe that we're in the image of God, okay? I believe, in fact, let's go back. One way to get out of this. Let's go back to to where we, uh, God talked about this in the first place. Okay? Hallelujah. God is good. God is good. I want to go to, I believe, Genesis chapter 2. Okay. Let's go back to chapter 1. it up okay then God said let us make man and people in our image so of us that's verse 26 people are images of God this does not mean that man's body is like God man's body is like an animal but man's spirit is like God and so the man can know God. Okay. So God made us more like his spirit. Now we don't have godly powers. So it's just basically we're imitation of God. But we're spirit living inside a body. Okay. That's why I just wanted to clear up. Because with all of the confusion that was going on with my stuff and the producers were trying to do things it was moving things around and I was trying to remember my notes as I was waiting for things to come back up and when you're at living on live it's hard to get your thoughts together when you got so many things trying to work out so I wanted to clear that up we're not exactly like God we don't look exactly like God but we have a, we're a spirit that lives in a body Okay, that's basically what it said. Now, so verses 1 and 2 was kind of an opening to what God has did to this point. Okay, let's look for that verses 3 to 21, um, 32, 3 through 32. And Adam lived for 130 years, and then he became the father of a son. His son was similar to himself. His son was an image of himself. Adam called his son Seth. After Seth's birth, Adam lived for 800 years. He was the father of other sons and daughters. Adam's life was 930 years, and then he died. Seth lived 105 years. 
and then he became the father of Enos. Enos. After Enos' birth, Seth lived 807 years. He was the father of other sons and daughters. Seth's life was 912 years, and then he died. Enos lived for 90 years, and then he became the father of Kian. After Kian's birth, Enos lived 815 years. He was the father of his sons and daughters. Enos' life was 105 years, then he died. Kenan lived for 70 years, and then he became the father of Mashalala. After Mashalala's birth, Kenan lived for 840 years, 40 years, excuse me. He was the father of other sons and the daughters. Kenan's life was 109, 10 years, and he died. Mashalala lived 65 years, and then he became the father of Jair. After Jair's birth, Mashalala lived 830 years. He was the father of other sons and daughters. 17, no, verse 17, Mashalala's life was 895 years, then he died. Jair lived for 162 years. And then he became the father of Enos. After Enos' birth, Jared lived 800 years. He was the father of the son and daughter of Jared's wife, 962 years, and then he died. Enos lived for 65 years, and then he became the father of Mesulah. After Mesulah's birth, Enos walked with God for 3,000 years. He was the father of other sons and daughters. Enos' life was 365 years. Enos walked with God, and then he was no more because God took him. Methuselah lived 187 years, and then he became the father of Lemich. And Lemich birthed Methuselah. Methuselah lived for 782 years. He was the father of other sons and daughters. Methuselah's life was 969 years, and then he died. Lameth lived for 182 years, and then he became the father of a son. Lameth called his son Noah. He said, The Lord has made ground to produce little, but his son shall bring rest to after our labor. He will bring rest to after the hard work of the hands. After Noah's birth, Lemich lived 595 years, and he was the father of other sons and daughters. Lemich's life was 777 years, and then he died. Noah lived for 500 years, and then he became the father of Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now, if you hear from that lindrick, that's the lindrick up to Moses. Okay? And... We heard a couple names that were repeated, you know, by honoring family, like through the years, just like we do. Okay. Now, verses three through thirty-two, we do not know whether this list of names is complete. Perhaps it leaves out some names. For example, verse six says, 
may mean Seth lived for 105 years, and then he became a father. And one descendant of Seth was Enos. And the other verses may have similar meanings. Okay? Genesis tells us that ancient people had very long lives. They were much long, longer than modern lives people live. In other words, as you see, some of these people almost lived a thousand years. Now, my grandma, she's a sweet, sweet lady. I love her to death. She's 94 years old. And normally, when you reach 94 years old, you're happy about it. But she says she's lived too long. She's ready to go home with the Lord. One day, we were talking about the Old Testament. And I think we were talking about these verses here. And it was probably about three or four months ago. On a Sunday afternoon after church, we went over to visit my grandma. And basically... I asked a question. How how would you like to live almost a thousand years? She went, oh, it's hard enough to do what I do now because her mind is well, her heart is well, but she can't walk anymore like she used to because she broke her hip a few months, uh, years ago, and it hasn't really mended back together like she would want it to. She had to give up driving because of her eyes are going bad. She had to give up driving because her reflexes are going bad. And she had to give up um, the car because of that. And she sees that sometimes it gives up her freedom. Because when she had problems or stuff, she went out to drove and reasoned them out with God. See, but now she and now she's more stuck in the house until we can get there to get out. Now, we go and do things with her and get things out. But... Sometimes, you know, there's a gap where sometimes we people can't get over there. And, uh, but we all keep telling her, well, you're here still because you got something to do for the Lord. She says, what can I do for the Lord at 94 anymore? I said, pray. She's an awesome prayer warrior. And then I said, well, look at Adam and, and uh, Eve and... Uh, and all their generations and stuff, they had sons and they were up almost to a thousand years old when they were having kids. Were 800, 700 years old or 100. Okay, that's that's the difference from modern age. Okay, now I'm sure when they got up to the thousand years, they might have been feeling like grandma, oh, I'm tired, let's go. But within the 100 and the 200 and 300 years, it could be meaning like we are when we're 30 and 40s. And 50s. But it's just that's one thing they want to point out. The look of age time was different in those times. And I think some of the changes because of the way life is. We got pollution in the air from cars, we got pollution in the air from companies and factories. And but let me tell you something, Saints. I'm not trying to say that's what's going on. A lot of us don't eat as healthy as they did back then either. They ate a lot of the vegetables. They ate a lot of, they, they ate meat, but they ate certain types of meat. 
Well, actually, at this time, the dietary thing for meat wasn't really classified until later on. But we're finding out that they live longer. Maybe if people want to live that long today, they should eat like they ate. But we like, they didn't have a Burger King or a McDonald's or an Arby's or a Wendy's or some kind of other restaurant on every corner like we do. And to make life easy, let's just go and buy something. Well, that's not necessarily happy. Now, I eat a lot of fast food. Well, I used to. I still do, but my wife has limited me down to you know, at least once a week or something, and we do that when we're out shopping and, you know, because it makes it easier on her. But sometimes we do do it more, but not very often. But we have a difference. And I think the difference is some of the way we live and the way they live. You might be saying, well, Pastor Ron, we have more modern comforts. We have heated homes. We have TV. We have video games. We have internet. Yeah, stuff that don't, when you got a heated home, when it's wintertime out, not. We don't want to go outside because we don't want to be cold. Right? So what do we do most of the time in the wintertime? We sit in the house. We go out and do our jobs, of course, and stuff, but but when it comes to free time, what do we do? We sit in our house. And we basically hibernate for most of the time. And then doctors always yell at us through the winter because we're gaining weight. Why? Because we're not exercising. Even when people in modern day, they have the ability to go buy exercise equipment. Some people even do. They started out well-intentioned. Then they stop. You know, they, they walked everywhere. We didn't have cars. They didn't have bikes. They walked everywhere. There was a lot more exercise. And it probably made them more healthier. Okay? That's why the difference is. Now, let's look at verse 24. Who's dealing with this? Enoch did not die. Instead, God took him in into heaven. Okay? The Bible tells us about that one person who did not die. That was Elijah. And God took Elijah into heaven. And both things are, both stories are reiterated in the New Testament. In Hebrews chapter number 11, verse 5, for Enoch, and 2 Kings 2, 1 and 11, for Elijah. A lot of Bible scholars believe that it's going to be because the revelations talk up, the book of Revelations talk about two witnesses that's going to be sent down by God 
from heaven. And both stories is an account of flesh to flesh and body people that are in heaven. It talked about here in the book of Genesis of Enoch was close to God that God took him to heaven. He didn't get him to die. He took him. So, we, a lot of scholars, and I believe that he's up there in heaven with God. In his flesh and body. God's keeping him up there in his flesh and body. And then Elijah, one of the great prophets. And he was taken up flesh and body in a chariot of fire. Okay. And they believe that the part when the two witnesses are sending, coming down, and when we get into the book of Revelation, we'll talk more about it. But until then, if you want to find out more about it, you can go into your Bible Strong or get on Google and, you know, ask about the two witnesses. And it will, you know, share what scholars believe and what the Bible believes. So a lot of people believe when those two witnesses are coming down, and the two that are supposed to be killed are Elijah and Enos. But there is other theory out there now which my pastor believes uh, that Moses is going to be one of them and Elijah, I believe, or Enos. I don't remember exactly. But the Bible really don't say that those two are going to be the witnesses, okay? But we do know that they're going to be live witnesses, and those are the two that fit the bill. Now, we might say, well, Pastor Ron, it says in the Bible that Moses was went off and died somewhere when he put Joshua inside, and the angels in them, no one knows where his body is. That's true. The Bible really don't confirm that Moses died. So some scholars believe since he went off by himself, God took him. Bible don't say that. So I don't... My lean, that's where I differ from my pastor, my lean is it's Enoch and Elijah. That's going to be the two witnesses. But that's okay. You know... People interpret the Bible differently, there, there, but there is a teaching out there about Moses being one of the witnesses, because I looked it up. And I probably should have incorporated it in this teaching, but it's just basically background information. And that's I feel that when we get into the book of Revelations, that's when I'll bring that, that information to life. So basically, this today's podcast is basically just you know information what happened to these two but I added a little bit but I do tend towards Enoch and um, Elijah being the two witnesses coming back and mostly just um, the theologians believe that too um, with that being said just because my pastor believes it's going to be Moses, he, he read that teaching, and my pastor is a is a Bible learner. He gets his hands on, he learns. 
and he might have access to stuff I haven't have access yet to. But from what I was taught over the years and from what I've read online, and I see his point, but I also see the point where I was taught. And what hangs me up with, with Moses is that he was told that he went off and died. And the angels hid the bodies. So how can Moses be a witness when he's not flesh and blood anymore? But God can resurrect him. But you th but see, you think the Bible would say more about it. See, I really haven't sat down. I know it was rung up a few times with the book of Mo about Moses in a couple Bible studies, but it got kind of one of the people in the Bible studies believes like most of us do and in the world and he gets a little bit out of shape and we kind of have to move on so it don't cause, you know, hurtful feelings and stuff. So I really haven't explained to him, hasn't explained that to me. And I do want him to sit down. I want him to explain that to me. I want him to show me. And that's one reason why I haven't. I looked at what he, you know, the stuff he was talking about. But I want him to explain to me why. And I want to have a dialogue with him. But I haven't, he hasn't had the time and I haven't had the time to sit down and uh, converse over that. But I do, and I, when he comes back, he's going to be going on sabbatical here soon. For three months. And then I told him I... And he comes back, I do, I want him to teach me some things and talk about some things. And, um, but I am a minister, but there, I feel there's some things that God wants him to teach me and he agreed. And so we'll, I'm, that's one of the things I'm going to ask him about. And that's one reason also why I haven't shared it yet, but I don't think it's the proper place to talk about that yet. Now we learned about a new family, which is a descendants from Adam and Eve. And verse 32 opens up this family. And that's where chapter 6 takes us into more. Okay. But verse 32 dealt with, it said, this does not mean that Sim, Ham, and Japheth were born at the same time. Okay. This verse probably means Noah lived for 500 years and then became the father of Shem. And in the next few years, he became the father of Ham and so on for Japheth. In other words, they didn't have, she didn't say they were twins, didn't say they were the same age. It just said around that time he started having kids. When he was 500 years old. You imagine having being a father to a little baby at 500 years old these days. I was watching an episode of uh, Ages Enough um, the other night. And his little son Nicholas was, I believe, is nine. He said, Dad, he says, what? He says, he asked him why he was laying on the ground. He says, because I'm a stack of potatoes. He's a sack of potatoes. Then he man, you remember the game you used to play when I was a kid? You came home, you picked me up as a sack of potatoes. He said, but aren't you getting a little bit too old for that? He said, sometimes I miss it. So he tried it. 
he tried it and he started doing it the way he used to do to Nicholas tickling them and moving them around like and put them on his shoulder like he's a sack of potatoes and all of a sudden he went ooh and I could think everyone's heart in on the set and watching even when it was, you know, in those days when it was live, we're watching reruns. That he heard his back. And then he said, Nicholas, and he looked at his dad, and he says, Now I remember why we don't do this game anymore. It's not that you're too old, I'm too old. And he's probably in his like early 50s there. So imagine being 500 years old and you're trying to. Baby up in the air, but like I said, there was different type dietary things, and we got more modern things that we do where it makes us be lazy. But praise God! Now I'm trying to decide. We got—I mean, this podcast can go up to an hour. It's it's scheduled to be an hour, but I think. I didn't really go over verse chapter 6, but I think we're going to touch into chapter 6, and we're going to start it. I think we're going to spend a few more minutes on this. Um, we're going to learn about... But you know what? It's getting into another subject. Um... And my producer's waving at me saying that we have a lot of time. We do, because we're at 42.05, 42 minutes and 5 seconds into this broadcast, well, it's more. And we got roughly little, almost 15 minutes left, under 15 minutes. But the, what's going on with Chapter 6 won't really do justice. So... Let's start with, we'll go into chapter number six for the first four verses, and then we'll see from there how, how God wants to proceed. I'm trying, I'm trying to, this is a live broadcast for YouTube, but people at home, it's, you know, on Hubhopper, it's pre-recorded and it's going to be added later. And I'm looking at the time to... Um, you know, this is such a good thing. I don't want to get it started. And then, and so what we'll do, because typically I do end about this time, even though it's set for an hour, but typically we do stop within the first 43 minutes because that's usually, you know, we like to take it one chapter at a time and it keeps everyone, you know, think about what we talked about and not giving so many. So I think we are going to stop here today. Um, on that note, I'd like to thank you for watching and uh, coming to God's Internet Church and uh, podcast. And if this podcast is helping you, people on YouTube, you know, share it to somebody. People listening from Hub Opera and the different other 
things, uh, platforms that it's on, the podcast, um, share it. Tell people about it. Invite people over to listen to it with you. And then eventually teach them how they get it on their own. And it's not that we're trying to build our stats, but I'm trying to help a lost and dying world. And, and right now, you know, the time is the time. And this podcast will be around as long as there's a need for it. And as long as God wants it. And I believe God wants it around for a long time. So just when I ask him for support, we're not doing anything. It's a free broadcast. And we just want to share God's word with you. But on that note, join us also this Wednesday at 7 o'clock on Facebook and here on YouTube. Um, a pre-tape, a version of, no, well, version of God's Internet Church Online Bible Study on the book of Proverbs, and we're on the chapter 19. So if you want to learn more about that, come join us live on that. And on that note, i like to say God bless you. Thank you for joining us, and have a blessed week. I'm Pastor Ryan Weaver, your host for God's Internet Church Podcast. Have a blessed week, and God bless you.